Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Powers. And my guests and I today are going to have a fantastic conversation around leadership and leadership development and building the team around you. He started his business way back in 1997 and has recently really started to grow it. Uh, For about five years in a row, he was named to the Inc.'s 5000 list of fastest growing companies in America. They recently won the Torch Award for Ethics in Business, and he has recently been named to the Board of Directors for the North Texas Better Business Bureau. I'd like to welcome to the show, Jason Phillips. Hello, Jason. Hey, Kyle. How you doing this morning? It is wonderful here in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, I think you were just telling me it was uh, just going to be in the nice mid-70 degrees today. That sounds fantastic. Yes, sir. Uh, So, hey, really excited to have you on the show today to talk about, you know, a huge buzzword that's been around forever, you know, leadership, uh, but more importantly, uh, developing a leadership team, uh, you know, around you and in your business. Um, and again, you know, really excited to talk about that because I think a lot of businesses, you know, may have a great leader in it, but how do you really grow that business? How do you really, you know, expand and grow? Uh, well, you got to have great leaders around you. So welcome to the show. Thanks for being on here. Yes, sir. Um, and so going into, you know, the topic of developing leaders around you, um, but before we get into that, could you maybe give the listeners a little bit of background on, you know, who you are and kind of how you arrived at where you're at? Well, yeah, thanks, Kyle. I started, uh, we're in our 25th year of business, started this business, uh, back in 1997. I like to say the good old fashioned way, knocking on doors. And from there, uh, you know, my first day I sold, uh, four projects, and uh, it started out with just painting, repainting houses. And from there, uh, it just, it, we, it was on like Donkey Kong. It just kept going and going and growing and growing. And there's been a lot of ups and downs in, in my company and with the economy. And it's, it's uh, been amazing. And I love, I love what I do. And so here we are today. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So Phillips, uh, home improvements is the name of your, uh, business, correct? Yes. And, and about how big are you now? Like how many employees or, you know, how many offices are you just, you know, down there in that, the little Texas, uh, actually Texas is huge, but, uh, I was like to say little Texas, but, um, you know, kind of give the listeners maybe an idea of, you know, the scope of your business. Okay, great. Yeah. We serve, um, most of the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. There's like four, a little over 4 million people. I could be wrong. Could be up to 5 million people now. And I have 32 direct employees and, uh, dozens of subcontract, uh, crews, uh, performing the labor. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, let's get, uh, right into it. So developing leaders around you. What's the first point you have, Jason? Well, I think, you know, as you're growing your company and, and, you, you get to this point of you're like, I need somebody. And you, you've got you've to ask the question of yourself and answer the question is, you know, why am I going to 
hire or raise up a leader? And it sounds like a, you know, sounds like an obvious question, but it's not always obvious. And there's really only, you know, two reasons that, that you should put someone in place as a leader. And you know, because they're, they're bottom line employees, they're not directly, they're not directly uh, generating revenue like a commission salesperson is right. And so you, you need to do this. You need to think about why. So it's either, it really comes down to one thing and I, two areas of that it's, only if it's going to profit you. So A, help you uh, generate more revenue or profit, and two, buy your time back, which is also profit. Because so many people get in the home improvement business, they, however they came in the door or, or got into the business, a lot of times you know, they're after uh, more, uh, more time, freedom of time, uh, more, more money, and, uh, you, you know, a lot of times you get in the business and you don't have any money, but you have plenty of time. And then you start investing your time and you convert your time into money, but now you're bankrupt on time. And so what I like to refer to as the, the three crowns of, 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 our, of contracting are time, money, and freedom. And if you properly build a leadership team, you can have higher levels of time, money, and freedom in your life. So that's, that's kind of the why in, in asking that. But in each occasion, or am I trying to put this leader in to build or am I at the point where I want to buy my time back? And I've, I've done, done uh, both on different occasions. And the best is if you can get you know, time and growth at the same time. That's a win-win situation if you can put them in place. You know, we start out, Kyle, as uh, when, we're, when we're small in business, I like to liken us to uh, the, the business owner to a Swiss army knife. You're, you've got all these different blades and skills that you're using, and you can, have, you can whip any of them out at any moment. And you're pretty good at a lot of different things. But the problem is you're limited by time, and as your business grows, there's only so much things you can do or get accomplished in a day. And so you want to, you want to, you know, start slicing off, you know, what's, what's the thing, where do I need to start? What leader do I need in place first? And, and ultimately as, as we bring leaders on, we want people that are specialists, whether we're raising them up from within or hiring them from without, which we can talk about here, here uh, in a few moments, but we, we, we need to begin to specialize uh, on our own so that our, so that we're not Swiss army knives anymore. We're meat cleavers or scalpels. And the more we can have everybody working in their strength zone, the better they're going to be. And the less multitasking they're going to do multitasking kills productivity, which is a whole nother conversation. But, but you know, which one? So, you know, we can talk about, you know, build out your accountability chart or your org chart, put your name in all the boxes and figure out which one you need to hire and identify what leaders you need. That's the first thing. Just identify what, what leaders you want first. But I would suggest that, you know, before, before you hire that first leader or raise up that first leader, the first person you really need to lead is yourself. Because there comes a change in mindset. You're no longer in the home improvement business. You're now in the people business on a whole new level. And your people skills 
are absolutely vital to your future growth and success. Because not only, you know, if it's when it's just, let's just say that you're the only guy in the business and you're actually the craftsman as well. It's you and the customer. Well, now when, when you have a crew of guys and you're now doing the sales and all the other things, it's you and the crew and the customer. So we just, we just took one line of communication and made it two. Now you bring in uh, managers or leaders in between, and now you've got three and they all have to communicate with each other. And the, the lines of communication become exponentially complex very quickly. And the ability to, uh, to communicate with people effectively, effectively, Clearly and effective being communicating clearly is part of communicating effectively. But, you know, one of the things that maybe you've heard people say this before, well, I'm the type of manager that, you know, X, Y, Z. Yep. Well, that's a terrible attitude to have the, what, what, a what a leader and a manager needs to do is be, is understand the people that work for him and their needs and adjust his methodology of communication to best communicate with those other people. It's, it's right. just like the same thing in marriage, by the way, you know, it's the same <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. And, uh, but, but developing those people skills, uh, are absolutely vital. And I would suggest Kyle that anyone who's wanting to grow their company and grow their leadership team needs to take an active role in developing their own people skills. Yeah, Whether let's, it's, you let's know, dive into that a little bit on on developing you know your own skills, right? I think uh, John Maxwell talks about it in the twenty one irre- irrefutable laws of leadership, right? The law of the lid, uh, and my you favorite, know, yeah. And he talks, you know, about the I believe the the McDonald brothers, um, you know, with the big restaurant everyone knows McDonald's, you know, about how they tried, you know, they had a great operation themselves but they weren't exactly able to grow other operations. They tried and failed pretty miserably. Um, you know, and then you have another guy that came in that had the better people skills and the better process skills and all that stuff, you know, and obviously was able to take McDonald's to where it is now. And, you know, just for my travels, you know, pretty much weekly, I get to work with many different leaders in many different businesses and, and see all, you know, all the good. Uh, and, and I would say not necessarily bad. It's just there's a lot of people that don't work on themselves. Um, and sometimes I feel that when they hire people on, it's almost worse off than if they would have just stayed where they're at, because now not only it takes them more time because they don't, you know, let them people grow and lead and they're not growing them either. Um, and so I think the businesses that, that really get it right have, you know, owners or leaders themselves that are growing and then, you know, they're growing the people underneath them, you know, and it, and it's just kind of that cycle where everybody keeps, you know, leveling. I mean, personally myself, um, you know, I grew a marketing team upwards of 65 marketers and, you know, at the start of that, I, I certainly didn't have the skills to lead that many people. I had never done that before. Uh, and so I had to constantly, you know, grow, but I, I feel there's so many people that, you know, lack on that self-improvement side of things, or I would say are self, uh, unaware that they have that, that issue. You know, you make me think, I couldn't agree more. You make me think about, uh, that, you know, they say that you're going to be, you know, eventually, you know, maybe in corporate America promoted, uh, to the top of your ability. And, uh, then when you can't go, can't get promoted above that, it's like the law of the lid, 
you and I, the owners of our business, we are literally the lid on our business. And so let me tell you what I did. Uh, for instance, I, I knew this a number of years ago. I said, if I'm going to take, uh, if I'm going to grow this company and have the impact with this company that I really believe I'm called to have, I need to work on my people skills. And so one, I started, I just started reading all kinds of, you know, books, uh, about it. And two, I actually went and got, uh, uh, two different, uh, disc personality certifications. And that made a world of difference. And it's, disc is so simple to understand. And it, it made a huge difference in my ability to, to interface with people, to help com to communicate with people better and really even to help put them in the right seats, which is another, which is another part of developing leaders is putting them in a place where they can bloom. Yeah. I mean, I think anytime you can have tools that can help you, um, because I think, you know, we're emotional beings, you know, we make a lot, a lot of decisions off emotion and that isn't necessarily the best way to run a business. And so anytime I feel that you can have additional tools and so disc profile usually comes out somewhere around the hiring and, you know, and interviewing and onboarding process of somebody, um, you know, you might emotionally really like them, but if they don't, possess the skills and or the, the natural ability that the, the test shows you to be in that role, you're kind of in an uphill battle already to begin with. You know, I couldn't agree more. One of the things that we do on our team, taking it beyond the hiring process, is we work it into our conversations and our professional development just across the team. Uh, you know, just about everybody on our team knows basic disc motivators and such, and we, we openly share the, the various reports and talk about the personality profiles when we're, when we're building leaders and, and, and not just at the leaders, but even at the, uh, at, at the, the furthest points out of the company, we talk about those things, how to interface with one another. Yeah, absolutely. That that's great. I mean, some of the other great offices I've been in, you know, they have those type of things laid out, you know, right on the walls, you know, of their office, um, you know, the D, I, S, and C, and um, you know, that just comes in natural conversations about, you know, the business and day to day, and you know, who's where, doing what, and and why. Um, so I think when everyone can understand each other, it just kind of gives you the leg, you know, that leg up. And so, you know, going back to, uh, you know, building a leadership team, you know, you had made the the point that the, the first one is really yourself, that that South growth, number one. Um, and yeah, I kind of liken to that, you know, on a scale of one to 10, wherever you may feel that you, you fit as a leader, um, you know, let's say you're a six uh, as a leader. I think the biggest thing that people miss a lot is they want to hire these great people and, you know, nines or tens generally won't work for sixes, right? And so you got to up-level yourself and grow so that you can also get some of that other great talent in. What is your thoughts if, on that? Even if you even if you manage to bring one of those higher-level leaders on, they're not going to stay around. They're yeah, going to be gone. Point. I've seen it happen a number of times in various in various businesses, you know, and, and part of, part of the, the, the right people is, you know, at the end of the day, we want a leadership team to be a well-rounded team, but not 
we're not well-rounded individuals. We're not created as well-rounded individuals. As much as they want to try to force us to be straight-A students in school, we all have unique giftings. And that's, that's the beauty of, of, the, uh, of, of building a, the team. I can, you know, I look around at my team right now, and I'm so proud of the leaders on my team because I used to do their job. At some point, I did their job at my company. But I look at them now and I am awe in awe and inspired by them because my sales manager is a much better salesman than I ever was. My, my uh, HR manager is much better. My account, my, my uh, accountant, my uh, production manager, they're, they're, I'm in awe of them. And it's, so I don't have, I don't have these underlings on my team that just obey Jason's commands. No, I, I brought them on because I wanted someone that is going to take my vision for the company, catch that fire and grow their department where I failed to, where I couldn't do it. And to have people that can take it higher than me is really what I want. And so it's, that's, that's a great place to be when you can look at your, other, your leaders and, and feel that way that you're inspired by their, by their, um, I, I like to say a lot of times by their awesomeness, right. but by their skills and the things they can get done and the things they're good at that I'm not good at. And I'm just, I thank God for them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I see it so many times, you know, with that, uh, on certain parts of the business, you know, one of the things, you know, that I kind of struggle with myself is when someone, or I've gotten uh, actually a lot of questions even recently is, Hey, I have this person that I hired and I struggle kind of leading them because even though I am their boss, I am not a specialist at their job. They're much better at their job than I ever will be, even no matter how hard I work at it. You know, they're great. That's why we hired them for that position. Uh, what, what maybe advice would you have for some of those uh, people, you know, that, uh, you know, maybe it's a, uh, you know, a, a general manager and, you know, he's got to manage an elite marketer or an elite, you know, sales manager or someone that's much better at that very specific position. And sometimes that, that back and forth that, you know, it, it's hard then for that person underneath sometimes because he's like, well, you, you can't do my job. Why is this person trying to, you know, in some of those um, uh, things that happen, you know, that way, what might be some, you know, points you have on that? Well, I would say this to the people that feel that way. That's not atypical. That's very normal. It's rare that the best, uh, that the best salesperson or the best marker, marketer is actually the best manager or leader of those people. You know, Google did a study a while back, and uh, they determined they were looking at engineers. Who should we hire to manage engineers? Should it be the highest expert engineer? No. When they, when they, when they, uh, the result of their study showed that the people with the people skills had more success uh, and that their technical skills, if they had them, were just a bonus. Right on. I, I was unaware of that study. That's cool. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. That'd be good. Uh, good to look at there. So uh, 
on building a leadership team, you know, around you. So you came up, number one is really that South growth and, and getting yourself to be, you know, a good leader. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways you brought up, you talked about, you know, reading books, studying, you know, now, uh, there's a lot of, you know, business coaches and personal coaches that can help raise that, you know, your lid. Uh, and then you brought in number two really is using those tools and those different assessments and things like that to make sure that, a leader you're bringing in or using in your business actually fits in that role. Uh, and what would kind of be that next point after on, on building a leadership team after, okay, I found this person, they, they should fit the role. How do you then, you know, up level them and continue to grow them as a leader? Well, I would, you know, on our team, we undertake can, you know, continual improvement of our, uh, skills. We actually, as a leadership team, several times a year, sit around the conference table and have learning lunches where we literally, everybody has a book or a Kindle in front of them with the book, and we play the audio book, and we listen to a segment or a chapter at a time, and then we have a few minutes of discussion thereafter so that we're all you know, growing in the same area. Not just that we're growing in the same area, but that we are, uh, we're going together. We're, you know, spending time talking about these subjects. We're building trust, which is the foundation of your leadership team. If you can't have trust on your leadership team, then then you're never going to uh, you, you're never going to hit hit your dreams with that. So building that trust is just absolutely the most important thing, and that just comes with time. It's kind of like building muscle. You know, time under tension. Spending time with your leaders is what is is part of what's building trust with them. And, uh, you know, then, then talking about trust, there's the word, you know, accountability and you can't, you know, hold accountable an unaccountable person. And really it's not about holding people accountable. It's about being accountable people. And those are the type of people you want that someone that, uh, you know, will be transparent. Now you as their leader are responsible for creating and nurturing an environment where they, where they can be vulnerable, where they can be transparent, where they can uh, fail safely and have some, you know, some useful failures, so to say. That's, that, is, that is up to us as the leaders to create that atmosphere where people don't need to, to hide. You know, my, my people will come in readily and they'll say, Jason, sometimes, sometimes they'll even say, Jason, you, you may want to fire me after I tell you this. <laughs> <laughs> but I needed to X, Y, Z happened. And, you know, I'm under, you know, it's my, my philosophy that, Hey, if you bring it to me, we can solve this together. Yeah. And that's what we do well, on a I, regular basis. I think that's, uh, you know, the, the big, you know, difference between, you know, failing that you got something wrong once and continuing to make that same mistake. I remember back, uh, early on when I was with, uh, Tunderland and, and Brian, I was so, you know, I'd come from a company before that that was very rigid on on budget and ROI and, and expenditures and, you know, tracked every little, you know, line item. And, um, you know, we spent almost more time tracking that. And, and while you were, you know, $10 over here and you were, the, you know, and, and it was a very much, you know, not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but a very much controlled area. And it, you, you were very afraid to make a mistake. 
you know, because it was just going to get shown in the light of day and it was, you know, going to get out there. And so, uh, you know, the downside to that is I don't think, uh, you know, people then like to step outside of the box, think outside of the box and take risk, uh, which can get great reward. And so, uh, you know, Brian had noticed that in me that, hey, I, I knew what I was doing when it came to lead gen and, and running some face-to-face teams and building those. Um, but he had saw that my growth was kind of getting stagnated because I wasn't willing to step outside those boxes and try some of the new ideas in fear that they were going to fail. And then, yeah, you know, that whole, uh, you might want to fire me, this happened, you know, kind of conversation like you're talking about right now. And he just sat me down and said, hey, Kyle, you know, I want you to be able to step outside the box. I want you to fail. I want you to do things that are not going to work out because if you keep doing that, I bet you we're going to find a lot of things that will work and we'll only find a few that don't. He goes, but I want you to be willing that. And the, the, the worst that's ever going to happen is what we're doing right now, which is just sitting down and having a conversation about it. Uh, and that's something that I've carried with me on my career from then on uh, that I, you know, poured into my people about was that, hey, like, I want you to take chances. I want you to take, you know, risk, obviously within the confines of our business and what we do and our, you know, our philosophies and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, the worst thing that's going to happen if you mess up is we're going to have a conversation like this. The only thing is they just can't keep having that same mistake eventually at at some point um, that becomes too much. Uh, And then the one other point, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about and we can, you know, talk about these two things is, you know, you talked about a like a you called it your learning lunches with your team. So pouring into, you know, them and and team growth and and personal growth and that. And that was, again, also something I did, you know, early on because I thought, you know, how do I find other great you know, marketing leaders. Uh, you know, we do a lot of searches at Tony Hody Training and Consulting to place canvas managers. Uh, and, and Tony, if I have, have always kind of made the joke that it would almost be easier to, you know, raise up children to be great canvas managers than to go try to find great canvas managers because there's just not a lot of them. And so, um, you know, how do you get great people in your, your business? Well, you just find good human beings, I think, and then you can train the rest and you can learn the rest. So what are, what are your kind of thoughts on those two points? Yeah, I totally agree. I would suggest this, that, you know, uh, you can look at a great resume, you can interview, you know, and you're going to hire that resume, but then you're going to be stuck with that employee. And so there's, you know, it's kind of, kind of a joke we have at our team, you know, I hired your resume, but resume, but unfortunately what I ended up with was you. <laughs> we That's just a little joke we tell each other every now and then. But, but the, the reality is if you can raise someone up from within, you already know their character. That's a, that is a huge, huge uh, thing because you don't know someone's character and work ethic uh, before until you've walked down the path with them for a while. You can know their motivators and their experience and things like that based on your hiring process, but you don't know their, you don't know their character. So I prefer when possible to, uh, to promote from within. Now <clears throat> there's a challenge in that as well is can, uh, uh, can, can your employee that you're promoting, can they earn the right to lead their current peers? And can they make the jump from doing the job to managing the process and leading the people? And which, which is another point where to, we're, we're using the word leader here, but in a small company, uh, these are really leader managers and we have to, you know, we, we want them to manage the process 
and we want them to lead the people and we want them to build the department. And that's a, that's a lot of different things all at one time and making sure that we, you know, have the person that has the skill set and the motivation to do what you want to do. And so we, you know, sometimes we hire from without, sometimes we promote from within, but it's absolute key that it's, it's the right person in the right seat and that they can match our pace, that they champion our core values and that they're accountable people. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important that when you do promote somebody within that you are doing the, uh, you know, the, the growth that you either get them coaching or you, you know, coach them or have, you know, the learning lunches, like you said, to, to up level then, um, you know, cause we talk about like, again, John Maxwell, I keep going back to John Maxwell. Cause I just, I feel when it comes to a lot of leadership stuff, uh, he, he's put out some of the best stuff over the years, but like the five level of leadership, um, you know, that first level, uh, just being position or title, you know, only so in that, that person was your peer and now they're your boss manager leader, uh, you know, as you put it there, that, they'll follow you for a minute because you're the boss, but that's all you're going to get if you don't increase and you don't raise your lid and you don't, you know, learn and grow from there, you know, also. I, you know, I I totally, I totally agree. And as you go up, you know, that, that first level is, is position. And then the next level is, you know, people will follow you because they want to follow you. And, and that's what a leader, you know, if, if someone's following you, uh, at level one. And, you know, just because you have a title, you control their paycheck, just because you control their paycheck doesn't mean you have their heart. And when, when you can have their heart and their hands and not just their hands, that's when you start getting traction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when those teams become almost family-like in a way. Um, and I think that's where that trust uh, and that accountability that you talked about really comes in is is when you start getting to those levels. Um, so going back to, you know, the three point, you know, we, so we have South growth, then we have finding the right people, using the tools to do that. And then you talked about learning and growing them. So you're growing, you're growing your team. Um, you know, what other points do you have on, on really, uh, you know, growing that leadership team around you? Well, one of the things that, that I, you know, have failed at early on and is, is easier said than done is truly setting clear expectations. And we, you know, what we do these days, I wish we would have done this all along, is we literally take the time to write out a document we called KR, we call KRAs, Key Result Areas. And it starts out at the top of the paper and it, you know, you're t- you know, the job position and it starts off with a sentence. It says, I know, I know I will be succeeding at my job when, you know, and then we, we say, we state out the past tense uh, results of what we want them to do. It's one thing for to assign them activities and things to do. It's another thing to say, this is the what this is the way we want this to end up. You know, we could say, you know, for instance, um, we want you to, you know, to our children, we want you to clean our, we want you to clean your room. Your job is to get, is to clean your room. It's a little bit different to say, I want to walk in here at 12 PM on Saturday. And I want to see that your bed is made, that the 
that the carpet is vacuumed, that all of your toys are put away. And we, we paint that mental picture of what success looks like in the past tense. Mm-hmm. And that's what, when, when, you, when you create clarity at that level, and then someone can reiterate that to you, now they have a clear target to go after, a clear target. And so many times there, we think we have communicated clearly mm-hmm. and we have these expectations, but they're not clear to the, to the guy on the other end. And that's one of the big, that's one of the big issues when we're a small company, almost the entire company works within our own head. Yeah. Absolutely. And the moment we start hiring people and we have to write things down and write them in a clear way where they can be easily understood, easily transferred and followed by the next guy. It's, it's again, it, it sounds easy, but to, to create clarity in a way that you can teach something, you know, there's a saying, the teacher learns more than the student. And so that is, by the way, that is one of the things that all of my leaders have to do. They have to teach because by teaching what they're doing, they are already learning more about it. Yeah, I've, this is a, a huge point. I think for the listeners, this this last uh, minute or two uh, is a huge thing that you could probably come back to and, and listen to a few times. Uh, because as you said, you know, as you grow, especially Jason, we can probably go back to the early days when it was just you in the business, right? You, you kind of knew how you did everything. I'm, I'm sure you didn't have processes written down when it was just you because it's, it's you, you know what you're doing. Uh, and then as you grow and you add more people in the, the business, here's where I start seeing a lot when I'm on the road uh, with clients is that you know, the ownership or leadership has one thought about what's supposed to happen. The person that's in that position has another thought. Uh, sometimes there's a high percentage of, of crossover where it, they're both thinking the same thing. Uh, but I hear a lot, well, I, I mean, they just, you know, I hired them for that position. They should just know, I mean, that, you know, they should know that. And I'm like, well, obviously they don't, <laughs> where is it written down or where's the process? Or if you find then that, Hey, we didn't have a process and this got mixed. Well, let's create the process. Let's sit down with that person and let's let them know that, Hey, this is what you need to do now. And this is, you know, the result of not doing it is what happened before. Uh, and now they know. And that's where I say, you know, making a mistake is one thing. Uh, continuing to make that same mistake, well, that's another thing. But if you haven't interjected into them that they are making that mistake, how are they ever going to fix it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's uh, I mean, that's huge. And, and Jason, that uh, the key uh, results area, that KRA form, would you be willing to, to share a copy of that uh, to the listeners if they wanted to reach out to you? Absolutely. And, you know, we, we write a, a specific one for each uh, job position when they are constantly refined over time. And uh, but at, but absolutely. And I'd be happy to share it. You can also, I'd encourage just going to Google and type in KRAs and, or, you know, key result areas and just read about those as well. Uh, you know, think clearly, what is, you know, what does, what do I want them to accomplish? Put yeah. it in writing. Yeah. And I, and I think also too, when you, you know, 
where do expectations start with people? And I think it's in the interviewing process that when you talk about some of the expectations, let's talk about uh, like hiring an entry level marketer, right? And you're hiring them for show and events, and you are explaining the position and the expectation that hey, when you're at a show or event, we pay you, you know, X, whatever that dollar amount is per hour to engage every person that walks by you that looks 18 or older. That is your job is to engage everybody. Now we pay you more money if you engage them and it results in, you know, getting an appointment, demo, sale, and all of that. And so, you know, when we mean engage, we mean you have to talk to everybody that's walking by. And then in training, we hold up and we talk to them that, hey, you have to engage everybody that's walking by. We had a, you know, saying on, on my old marketing team, there was one really quick way to, to not be doing very well. And that was to let people just walk by you. You know, that was a, a big red flag to everybody. All the leaders, managers would, you know, then counsel that person on, hey, look, you know, we can't get appointments to people we don't talk to. So we have to engage everybody. And if you didn't create those expectations to begin with, and then you're hammering on them, they're like, well, I didn't know you, you wanted me to talk to everybody, right? Uh, and so if you create that expectation and then you hold to it from the beginning, uh, I, I think that's when you can really win and, and grow to a team. Because as soon as you, as you know, you don't hold to that expectation anymore, whatever you are holding them to then becomes the new expectation. That's correct. Absolutely. Could not agree with you more, Kyle. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, the KRA form, um, you know, I think that that's huge. I, I've never heard it put that way, but, um, you know, I certainly know what you're, you're talking about with that. And so again, real quick, we have that South growth. We, we have the tools, uh, like disc profiles to make sure you're getting the right people in the right places. Um, you know, growing those people then is you use your learning lunches and then setting and, and holding to clear expectations, uh, you know, with that, uh, the KRA form uh, that you use. Any last points that you would like to uh, to put out there before we get to the last uh, section of the show? Um, no, that's you know that the what there is one more point is my one of the things that I protect my leaders against is something called executive itis. What happens is they want to you know it's it's natural tendency when you become a manager or leader, you want to sit at your desk all day and just tell people what to do. And it's great to get results through others, and that's your job. But the problem with that is you start losing touch with the problems your people are encountering and your ability to solve them. And so each of my, uh, my, my sales manager and my production manager uh, both have personal quotas that are within limits of sales they need to make and of projects they need to run, which is a small amount compared to the salespeople. But I always want them to be uh, fluent in actually doing the work that their people do so that they encounter the same problems that their people do. And when they feel that pain that their people feel, they're going to be more quick or quicker to uh, solve that problem for them. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, that's a really great point. Um, and I've been guilty of that myself as growing a team. And as you get further and further away uh, from the customer, uh, I think it's it's easy to lose touch to what's really going on uh, in the field. So obviously the larger the organization is, the further and further away their upper management gets. Um, you know, I, 
worked with one company one time, you know, they had, you know, corporate office away from all their other offices. And although everyone was really bright individuals and trying to do what's best for the company, they were just so out of touch with what was going on at that localized level with the, the customer uh, that there was a lot of pushback because they didn't, you know, the, the people, the boots on the street, so to say, was like, well, I'm not, we're not going to do this. This isn't going to work. Uh, and there wasn't that feedback loop. And then when they when they actually had a position uh, that they hired for, where that person really spent time at each of the offices to find out what the struggles were, you know, they they started to get that feedback loop where that, you know, uh, upper upper management can get more closer to that customer and and help make good change. Um, you know, I think that's huge, and that's why you know when we place somebody on a recruiting contract specifically in on the marketing side, when we hire a call center manager or a canvas manager. Um, you know, or show an event manager, retail manager, you know, we let them know that, hey, this is an infield position. Like this is a, you have to lead by example. Because I think it's, I mean, in sales and marketing, when you're out there, you know, getting your teeth kicked in some days from rough customers, you know, mm-hmm. if you're, if your people don't see you, as you said, kind of suffering and feeling that pain alongside them, you know, there, I think there's some animosity that can happen there. Uh, and then again, now you're just the boss that doesn't really know what's going on instead of that leader that's, you know, helping them grow through it because they know what they're going through because they're going through it also. Absolutely. So, Hey, uh, you know, great, uh, Great time with you, you know, on the show today, Jason. I, I thank you so much uh, to come on and talk about one of my favorite topics, uh, which is leadership and, and, and growing a leadership team. Um, if they wanted to, the listeners get a hold of you and certainly, you know, reach out to you for that that KRA form. How might they get in touch with you? The easiest way is to go to my website, which is jasonwphillips.com. Phillips has two L's. Jasonwphillips.com. All my social media links are there as well as a a place to connect with me via email. Awesome. And I know I've seen on a lot of your social media, you like to put out different videos talking about some different leadership points and business and things like that. I always enjoy those. So if if you're not uh, friends with Jason on Facebook and all that kind of stuff, LinkedIn, whatnot, you should certainly, uh, he, he puts out a lot of great content along that stuff. So again, thank you so much, Jason. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you, Kyle, for having me on today. It's, uh, it's been my honor. Thank you for listening to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. For a free consultation on how Tony Hody Training and Consulting can assist with your home remodeling business, please visit TonyHody.com. That's T-O-N-Y-H-O-T-Y.com. Thank you for listening.